1: We Thrive. I am Sandra Primo and I'm Tammy Salas and we are The Unruffled. Hey Unruffled listeners, we just wanted to let you guys know a couple of things at the top of the show. You can go to my website www.theunruffled.com And scroll down to the bottom of the page to sign up for a free guide. Yes, you heard me. Free guide. And it is called 10 Ways to Expand Your Recovery Through Creativity. Uh, I'd love to send it to you. It's all my best work. And I'm going to let Tammy take it from here.
2: Yeah. And um, if you guys want to go to my website, tammysalice.com. I'm offering the Proof of Life Project in July and August this year. You can sign up there. There's links to tell you all about the programs. And I also just released a new book called um, Proof of Life, and it's a 60-page illustrated gratitude journal. I've done all the work for you with watercolors, and you can put your lists on top. And that's $20 in my store.
1: All right, you guys enjoy the show.
2: Hey everyone, you are listening today to the Unruffled podcast and it's a special show. It's the first of our summer uh, co-host series. And today I have on the podcast, Tiffany Hahn is going to be our guest co-host. Hey, Tiffany.
0: Hey, Tammy. Thanks for having me. How fun is this going to be? It's going to be so fun. I've (laughs) never guest co-hosted a podcast before and I love it. Well, you're our first. Thank you.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for saying yes. But you would say yes, wouldn't you? That's what I do. (laughs) Sometimes too much. (laughs) Tiffany is the host and creator of Raise Your Hand, Say Yes podcast. And that's how I was first introduced to you was I was driving down to Southern California and I was listening to your podcast with Lacey Young um, on her shift retreats. And I was like, I think... I like this girl. I think we're going to be friends. And, <laughs> and there we are. here we are. Here we are. So can you tell the listeners a little bit, if they're new to you, I know you've been on our podcast before episode 15, if anybody wants to listen, but can you let them know kind of what you do? And, um, and then I want to share about how we work together, but maybe let them know what a little bit
0: about what you're about. Yeah. So hi, everyone. Thank you again for having me. And Sandra, thank you for letting me sit in your chair uh, for the day. I really, it's an honor. Um, So I'm Tiffany Hahn, and I am the host of the Raise Your Hand, Say Yes podcast, which has been running since 2014 which is amazing. So my podcast is starting kindergarten this fall with my children. Um, And I am a life coach um, and a mentor and a teacher and a writer. And my work deals around helping teach and show creative women how to raise their hands and say yes to all of the things that they want to do and be in their lives, but without having to compromise their sanity or their standards.
2: It's a tall order, my friend, and you do it really well.
0: No pressure. Yeah, really well. (laughs) The process. Well,
2: well, I was so attracted to your work, to your aesthetic, to your honesty, your transparency. I was so um, enamored with your Instagram stories when I first started following you. And after I started following you, I got like a little surprise that you had stopped drinking. Mm-hmm. And you had kind of announced this on, um, your Instagram stories and I'm sure other places, but I was like, oh, I knew it. I yeah. knew it. <laughs> yeah. Not that I knew about your drinking, but I knew that there was something there, which is what I find. There's like this beautiful attraction I have to people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's kind of what I saw in you. And then we, I don't know, what was our love affair? How did it start?
0: Well, we, hold on one second. I need to yeah. put the dog outside. We knew this was coming. Yeah, one we knew so- it was coming. My dog just went outside too. So there might be some barking in a minute. And that's just how it goes on a podcast that two moms are trying to get shit done. <laughs> the thing is, she'll be a distraction no matter what side of the door she's on. So, right. um yeah, you know, I remember when I announced that I was quitting drinking, which I announced it on Instagram, as I do, mm-hmm. um, with everything that I'm working on in my life. I always have to, like, remember to tell my husband before I say it out loud on Instagram or on my podcast. Um, <laughs> It's like, it'd be nice to get a heads up, but I announced it on Instagram that I, I had decided to quit drinking. So this was early 2017, uh, January 4th, 2017. And I had decided to try as an experiment to quit drinking for a year. Um, and about three weeks into it, I knew that like, oh, this needs to be a permanent change in my life. And, um, I really believe in creating external accountability. I am not somebody who just does things that are good for me for just the sheer value of doing them. Um, I need to like have other people creating expectations for me. Um, And so I announced it on Instagram and then Tammy, you commented and you were like, I'm sober too. And I remember at that point, like it felt it felt like I was kind of entering this whole new world of sobriety. And I was really like trying to find any connection and resource point that I could, because I wasn't, I wasn't going through a recovery program. I wasn't in AA. I also wasn't at a place in my life where externally things, things that didn't look bad. So I wasn't in crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, right. This was just sort of something that I was like, this is what I need to do. And so I remember connecting with you through that and just being like, oh my God, we be my sober friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please, I'm like, yes,
2: I'm yeah. going to raise my hand and say yes to yeah. that.
0: Yes. Um, and, and that was the beginning of it. And I think it's really interesting. I spend a lot of time on Instagram and, and you and I have also, Tammy was on my podcast last fall talking about, uh, we took a social media break together back in November and talking about that. And I think that there is a lot of good in using social media deliberately. But I also think like when I think about getting off social media altogether, I'm like, I really have created genuine friendships with people that I've met through Instagram.
2: Absolutely. That's the kind of the, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, I mean, you and I discussed it. There's a lot of talk about how um, social media is, is bad, but I, I don't know if you use it's powers for good, which is what I feel like I've done. Um, and when I get burnout and my hand gets a little numb from being on my phone, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, and my body's talking to me, I need to take a break, but the sober community, the creative community, um, it, there's been nothing like it, it's so satisfying. And I know for people or friends in my life that aren't on it, it probably mm-hmm. seems very weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband 's not on social media at all, and uh, he he 's always like, "What are you doing? Why are you recording yeah. that <laughs> That's why not he's on not usually, yeah he 's not usually in my stories or on anything. It looks yeah. like I have no husband yeah or kid uh, because there 's some boundaries with that, mm-hmm. but I love it, Tiffany, and I love that we met, and I do remember now I was sitting at my kitchen table because I do kind of a beginning of the new year. Uh, rituals and journals and writing. And yeah, it was at the beginning of the year, right after you announced it, or maybe the day that you announced it. But I was like, aha. Okay. Yeah. There's another one. There's another friend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, I, I thank you. Thank you, Tammy, for being that person. Um, because we, I think sometimes we've back from raising our hand and saying yes, if I may, to, mm-hmm. to the things that we want or to the connections that we want to make with people or to just that feeling of like, I think we could be friends. Um, mm-hmm. And every time that I have gone that step, that taken that scary step, it's always worked out in my favor.
2: Mm. It, yeah. And with social media, what's been interesting is that uh, I'm 48 years old. So I, I thought when I got sober... I mean, I was so in isolation, Tiffany. I I live at the top of a dead-end street in a town of 126 people on purpose, right? Like this is, I was holing myself up basically. And I didn't have a lot of friends at that time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want any. I didn't want any more. I wanted to drink how I drank. I wanted to kind of be miserable and fake it to the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And when I got sober, (laughs) I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women that are in my circle now. Mm -hmm. And that it surprises me so much at how much delight that brings me. Yeah. You know, that's how I met Sandra. was like my mildly stalking her. I tell her, like I heard her on a podcast. I was like, she's telling my story Mm -hmm. or a version of it. And I like, I like how she's living her life. So I want to, I want to connect with her. So that's how this all started was by doing that. And I highly encourage people listening. If you want a sober community, a sober friend, reach out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and find where the people are gathering. I mean, I'm, I'm in a new, we moved to Colorado last summer and, um, the town that we live in is very, we live in Fort Collins. So if anyone's listening and you live in Fort Collins, tell me, hi, let's be friends. Um, (laughs) and you know, it's a really, it's a college town but there's a huge beer culture out here. Like it's, there are tons of breweries here and it's really big on micro brews. It's kind of got that like Portland beer vibe to it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like, I don't know where the sober women are. And I've actually thought, and I've talked to you about this too, Tammy is like, maybe I start going to some AA women's meetings to find my people because I know what rooms they're in. Right, and I think I think that that's what I love about you
2: too—that you're really open. Um, a lot of people, it's hard to think to go to a, a quote-unquote AA meeting because it might mean something. But I love how you kind of are navigating your sobriety and and everything that you do, just kind of with this wide-eyed curiosity. And yeah, if you go to a women's meeting, you might meet a couple of gals and have coffee every once in a while. It doesn't have to mean anything other than that. Right that you want to connect with another person in real life. And that's what I think meetings are really good for. Mm
0: -hmm. You got to find your, you got to find your meetings, but yeah, you you will over time. Yeah. And to get me out of the house, literally y'all, I like, I'm (laughs) like a shut in. It's like gray gardens. except (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can see an outfit forming right now. And I don't mean to not leave my house. um, But you know, I work from home. I have two small kids. Um, My life is lived in my home. And so it's something that I have to really, um, make an effort to get out. And yeah. so having somewhere to go is really y'all ask me to lunch. I'll say yes. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> if you start wearing head scarves, like Edie, I'm going to be
2: really exactly. worried. I'm going to exactly
0: be a yeah. bit worried about you. And all the cats. And <laughs> I'm going to sit I'm going to send I'm,
2: yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm to allergic
0: to cats. So <laughs> don't worry y'all.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a ticket to Fort Collins.
0: Oh my God. That's how I'm going to get you to come visit. <laughs> she, can, she
2: starts on her Instagram stories. You're like putting scarves, like dresses that you make into scarves around
0: your head. I'm like, like, like yeah. exactly. I'm going to tag you. I'm going to be like, Tammy, do you see this?
2: <laughs> Anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, please watch the documentary <laughs> Gray Gardens, please. Um, okay. So, well, Let's talk a little bit. Can we? I'm, I'm going to be a little bit all over the place today. Yeah. That's How we talked about. We're just going to let it flow and just have a girlfriend conversation here. Um, that's going to talk about creativity, sobriety, all of it. Being a woman, being a mom. But last semester or last fall, I took a ceramics class. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going here, Tiffany. I took a ceramics class that was very meditative, um, very um, beautiful in the end very freaking frustrating for a good long time. Um, I wrote about it. I Instagrammed a little bit about it. It's hard to do that in the class because your hands are full of clay. Um, But you signed up for a ceramics class, and I want to know how
0: it worked out. Yeah, so I did. I signed up for – you took your class from your college, Mm -hmm. um, and I took a class from a – from the city of Fort Collins does, like, different – you know, rec classes. And so I signed up for a two-month ceramics class through the city. Um, I I don't want to say I hated every minute of it, but I (laughs) hated almost every minute of it. Um, And I think even looking back, it's been really interesting. I'm I'm always, like you said, Tammy, I always have my eyes wide open and I'm always trying to be like, what's the thing here? What's the thing that I meant to learn? Because I do feel like every... Every experience we have as a teacher, um, whether it's positive or negative. And what I realized is that you had taken the ceramics class. Um, My friend Elise did ceramics a few years ago. And I feel like there is this romanticized thing that happens when you look at somebody, take like literally a ball of clay and turn it into something functional and beautiful mm-hmm. some sort of a vessel um and i was like i want to do that and also people make it look super easy right um and it's not and i also though was like i you know i want to meet people i wanted to, a reason to get out of the house and i had convinced myself that i needed a hobby um which it, later, my husband was like, "You've got plenty of hobbies. Like, what are you talking about?" So, <laughs> that's a whole other that's a whole other conversation about how we don't see ourselves in the in the truth all the time. Um, right. So, I'm actually holding a bowl right now that I made, and my experience with ceramics was that it was really hard. It was really frustrating. Um, I am not a patient person, um, Mm. nor do I like to go slowly, but also what I realized about halfway through the class is I don't think that I had the right teacher Mm. and that felt like a really important learning for me was like, maybe it's not me, right? We are so quick to find ourselves deficient. Um, And we are so quick to point out what we are doing wrong, but I was like, maybe it's not actually me. Maybe it's that this is not the right teacher for me or not the right environment. And that was confirmed when the very last day that we were working with the wet clay and it was my second to last ball of clay. Like I was like, screw it. I'm just going to make, it's hilarious. Tammy, I'll send you a picture. Like I had six balls of clay and I was like, I'm going to make six bowls and every single piece turned out different um, (laughs) because I didn't know what I was doing. But, um, one of the, one of my, one of the students in my class who had taken the beginning ceramics quite a few times, um, so she was making really beautiful things. She came and sat with me and she was like, can I just, can I just help you? And she literally sat with me for like 20 minutes and walked me through every single step and like micromanage, but in a beautiful way, right? Like really helped me with every single thing. and was like, oh no, your nose needs to be right here. Oh, this is what your hand needs to be doing. Oh, your leg is shaking. Stop. Like she really, really tweaked every single piece of the experience and Everything came together and I was like, oh my God, this is what I've been missing. Mm. And then class was over. How long was the class? How many weeks? It was 10 weeks.
2: Oh, it's a long time. Yeah.
0: It was. And I decided like, I decided on like the third class because also I was like, do I just not go? Do I, do I quit? What do I do? Because I think that there's value in knowing when to quit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to see it through. But I have, I decided like the third week, like, I'm not going to let this hurt my feelings. (laughs) So I'm not going to let my ability to do this have any bearing on my value or my worth as a human. And that was a really great release, right? Just was sort of like, let's see what happens if it doesn't work. Oh, well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, 10 weeks is a good amount of time. I think my class was 17 weeks, but I think seven weeks in, I dreaded going to the class. I, I went twice a week, three hours each time. Oh my God. And it was, it was hard. And yeah. just as a little, because of what you hit on here, that you're not a patient person. I was going to the class to, I was at the uh, suggestion of my painting professor. And she knew that I had been experiencing panic attacks and anxiety. And she said, I really think this is going to be good for you. And I really trust her. But as I was going in there, I'm still Tammy with the notebook, taking all the notes on how to do it. I'm the only person in class taking notes out of a class of about 30. I'm trying to read my notes while my hands are both in the clay, right? You can't do that. You can't (laughs) flip pages. I can't take pictures of my process like I like to do because I love process so much. Um, I'm frustrated on a number of levels. And I tell you what, Tiffany, at that seven week mark, I'm, st- I'm sitting at the wheel, just sobbing. Mm. And my professor is a Japanese man in his late fifties, who is a man of few words, who is a Zen master, who walks around the class and hardly says anything. So he's walking around me and he just says like, um, what did he say? Clay, not listen to you. Mm. And he just keeps walking in circles and it's a big studio. And by the time he circles back around the second time, he's like, you must listen to Clay. Hmm. And he keeps walking with his hands behind his back and just quietly observing the room. And I'm pissed off. That's <laughs> I'm not like, helping. Fucking A. Yeah, I'm just pissed. And then he comes around the third time. And I said, would you help me? Hmm. And he said, I've been waiting for you to ask for help for seven weeks. And I started crying, which he, you know, he doesn't know what to do with that. Right,
1: right.
2: And here I am, this woman sitting around a wheel just kind of, and I'm like, it's so hard. He says, you're not patient. Mm-hmm. You have no patience. And I said, yeah. And he goes, I can see it from across the room. Like you're not patient. So I'm like willing this clay, I'm pissed off at it and it shows, mm-hmm. you know? And then when he did it, he did like that ghost moment, Tiffany where he just put his hands on mine and he just like lightly showed me how to make a bowl. Mm-hmm. And I got it after that. He yeah. showed me where my elbow should go, right? Your elbow is yeah. important to, to put into kind of like your, where your the crease of your hip or where it folds when you're sitting down. He showed me a few things technique wise, but really he just showed me the touch Yeah, and it was so light and it was like, you don't have to work that hard. And that was a beautiful metaphor for life. That's what I got out
0: of it. So I loved it yeah. for that, but it was
2: freaking hard, like you said.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's so it's so funny how patients. I mean, I I have twins, they're five. They have taught me a lot about patience. My husband is perhaps the most patient patient human on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just watch him as if I'm watching a documentary about some <laughs> alien. I'm like, what is this? But I also see it with my students. So I teach a year-long class, um, called The Raise Your Hand Say Yes Inner Circle. And Tammy, it's so funny how like, so it's a 52 week class, right? It goes for an entire year. By week two, people are coming in and they're like, I don't feel any different. What's wrong with me? <laughs> and it happens every single time. Yeah. And it's, it's not that we're doing it wrong. It's that I think that we have been sold this promise of, you know, the, um, the overnight sensation, the immediate success, the kind of infomercial way of living. Like if only you get this, all of your life's problems are going to be solved. And it's not even if you use this, it's if you buy this. Right. Yeah. And so that whole thing, like... That is that story that you told on the wheel is I think how so many of us approach our lives. And then we live in frustration because it doesn't, we're not getting the results that we think that we're expecting, Mm -hmm. but we don't know that it's, and then we're so quick to blame ourselves.
2: Yeah, it takes work. It takes, yeah. it took all of those weeks. It took all 17 weeks for me to fall in love with ceramics. Now I yeah. fell in love with it, but I can love it and leave it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, don't have to, I appreciate it. I will pay ceramicists for their work because uh, that is a hard, beautiful thing that they're doing. Um, they should make whatever they're charging for their work. They sh- I, I'm never going to haggle. I would never in a, you know, they deserve it. That is not easy. And they make it look really easy. You're right. When I watch the Instagram videos or when I was trying to watch people while I was in class, you know, that, um, that do this for a living or that are semi pro, I guess it's an art form that is, Mm -hmm. um, I can appreciate it without having to do it.
0: Yes. So many people in my class, because people will just take the, the beginner class over and over again. And so at the end, they were like, are you coming back? And I was like, well, we're gonna see if I miss it. <laughs> you know, like I'm gonna see. i like, it. I'll come to the ceramic sale at the end of next yeah. semester. I'll see you then. <laughs> yeah. Well, the whole reason I took it, Tammy, is that I want. So we moved into this new house. It's a big house. It's really bright and sunny, and I want to get some house plants because when we bought when we brought our girls home from the hospital when they were first born. I took a look around my life and immediately threw all of my house plants in the garbage Mm. because I was like, I can't keep anything else alive right now between the girls and the dog and myself, that's enough. Um, So now I think I'm ready. And I was like, I know I'll take ceramics so that I can make my own pots Uh and it's going to save me so much money. And like week 4 I was like this is stupid I'm just going to buy pots this is the most ridiculous idea I've ever had.
2: <laughs> well I love it. well so the thing that I love most about it as I do with a lot of things was the metaphor of the whole thing. Yeah. And learning and like just the fact that your um your year long coaching program is called the inner circle, right? We're on this wheel. Mm-hmm. It is a circle. And what I kept, when I would take my notes, when he was saying these little bits of brilliance that were really about the act of making, um, you know, making ceramics, but it was also about life. And he was just saying, if you're not centered,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: you will be wobbly. Yeah. And I would like write this stuff down and I was like, ah, just like life. (laughs) And so I was getting these little nuggets. So that did keep me going to the class just for his, um, Wisdom and the Mm -hmm. things that he was saying. And when we got to the end, Tiffany, he talked about um, like, you're going to make this piece to 80%. And then, you know, it's going to be you made it, you molded it, you painted it, you glazed it, whatever you did to it. And then you are going to have to let go. Mm -hmm. And you are going to have to put that thing in the fire. And the beauty is made in the fire. And it could explode. Yeah. or, Or it could come out and be the best thing you've ever done in your life. No matter what, you went through the process and you learned along the way. And then you can do it over again. You could try again. And like the whole, that was just sobriety for me. That was life. That was marriage. That was all of these things combined. So I really had reverence for what I learned there. It was not easy. So if people are listening and <laughs> think yeah. that could be fun to take a ceramics class. Um, it might be fun, Maybe. but it's, it's challenging. It is not easy. Not easy at all.
0: (laughs) Well, and I mean, I think metaphor number (laughs) 79,000 of this is, is how quick are we to avoid the fire? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right. Because, because it's hard, because it's hot, because it's uncomfortable, because we don't know what's going to happen because all of these reasons, because we've been taught that fire is bad, you know, and, and you don't i just it's it's been so interesting so i i recorded a podcast um recently about the idea of how many of us are rejecting ourselves by giving into our fear of rejection um so how many of us aren't even sharing the things that we are working on or that we want to say out loud because we're afraid that other people won't like it, and and essentially we are then kind of preemptively rejecting the idea on behalf mm-hmm. of this made up idea of the world. And it came up for me in terms of um, having a conversation with my husband about sex. Um, but I realized, like, I know that there was something that I wanted to change in my life, but by giving into that discomfort of not wanting to bring it up to him, that um, I was making it unavailable to myself. Mm. And that I think is what I think about when it's like, what does it look like to turn into the fire? Mm. Um, is, is sometimes things like that where you're like, Oh, okay. This is really hard and it's uncomfortable and it's hot. But like I, for me, if I want to show up in integrity to my life, um, these are the things that I kind of hold my own feet to the fire on. And, and a lot of it too, is, if I'm ever going to suggest that somebody else has an uncomfortable conversation, um, and that's part of my work, right, and coaching and teaching, is that I also want to be willing to do it because I think that there's a lot of value in surrounding yourself with people who have been through the fire and are like, it's okay,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we're we're on the other side of it, or we're still in it, or we're about to go into a different version of that, but. But I think that there's something really great about just seeing that, like, you can do hard things and you can survive hard things.
1: Well,
2: th- and there's a few firing in ceramics, right? There's the first fire, mm-hmm. the kiln, and then there's the second firing. And so, yeah, I think sobriety, it lends itself to this beautiful metaphor and recovery, recovery from lots of different things, grief, loss, um, mm-hmm. um, divorce, and marriage. And I think I think when you, you just brought up Tim, it just reminded me of this... Um, Place I want to go here with the interview. Um, we both of us had chatted before um, recording, and Sandra and I don't typically talk about husbands on this show, you know, mm-hmm. too much. I mean, we mention our husbands a little bit, but out of respect for the, their story and privacy. But I think, like what you just said, you talked to Tim, Tim about something really hard. I did last night as well before we recorded, and. I just wanted to kind of dip our toes here, if that's all right, and talk about. Um, I think what I've learned recently, I kind of hit a really rough patch, Tiffany, in February when I turned four years sober um, and in my marriage. And there was this part about, talk about fire, letting go, like tapping into um, the uncomfortableness. I can do that all now that I have clarity and that I kind of I'm trying to live a life with intention and honesty in a way that I never have before. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about um, our fellas, or maybe not our fellas, our stories about um, sex, I guess, is what we were going to go. Yeah. We're going to Let's
0: talk about sex.
2: Let's talk about sex. Because I, when I met up with a bunch of gals in Portland a couple of weeks ago, several of them said, like, why don't you ever talk about sex on your show? And why don't you talk about your husband? And I was like, oh. You know, it's his story too, but you got me thinking that I could talk about this in a way, like I tried to with my recovery that in, in an I statement, you know, this is all about my experience Mm -hmm. without having to pull him in. And I know the work that you've been doing lately, you have a new series on your podcast. You've been talking about um, money, sex, and freedom. Can you tell me a little bit about that? And then maybe we can segue into this chat.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I think talking about sex is great slash uncomfortable to do publicly, Um, right? Right. Like it's, it's, but it's, I'm kind of fascinated by it. And um, I think it's also really interesting to, to just keep your eyes open to what conversations you're drawn into, right? What are the, who are the people that you're following? What are, what are they talking about? And I noticed that a lot um, before I quit drinking that I was really, I was consuming a lot of podcasts about sobriety. I was listening to a lot of stories about sobriety. I was interviewing people about sobriety from this like kind of mouth agape, like, what? You can not drink and like be happy about it? Um, You know, and that was like mind-blowing in and of itself just based on the different beliefs I had around alcohol in my life and and all of that, which we probably talked about on my earlier episode, because I think I we talked through my sobriety story. Mm-hmm. Um, so quick update, quick kind of how did we get here in my Money, Sex, Freedom, epi- in my Money, Sex, Freedom series. So I've been podcasting since fall of 2014. Um, I currently, as of recording time, I have 251 episodes. So there is a lot of ground that I've covered in my Mm -hmm. podcast. Um, and I am always trying to evolve the conversation and really it's based on what I'm most interested in. Um, so new year's came around in 2019. Um, and it was like new year's day, new year's Eve. And I, I had a bunch of family in town and things were very busy. And I didn't have a chance to like sit with my journal and make my new year's vision board and all of that. I still haven't and it's June. So there you go. Um, <laughs> but I made a list in my journal of all of the things that I wanted. And I was like, oh, I should put this on Instagram. But when I put it on Instagram and I'll read you the list in a minute, I have it in front of me. Okay. When I put it on Instagram, I initially, when I made the graphic to put up on Instagram, I left off the words orgasms and money. Mm. And I made the, I like went to Canva and made the graphic. And then I was like, hold up. What's that about Tiffany Han? Um, and I realized like, oh, I'm uncomfortable saying out loud to thousands of people that I want more orgasms and money. And then I was like, why is that? Right. And I realized it has to do with, do I deserve it? am I allowed to ask for that? Is it asking too much? Is it going to make other people uncomfortable? Is it going to be me saying out loud that I don't think I have enough and that somehow makes me deficient, right? It brought up all of these stories. And so then I, I posted it. So here's the list of things I wanted. Um, uh, more belly laughs, eye contact, orgasms, focus, hand holding, truth, dance parties, ease, money, conviction, confidence, showing up, speaking out, freedom, and love. I like it. And I feel like that has become like my guiding principle for what it means to me to live my life in integrity. Um, But so I'm I'm mulling all this over and I tend to like work things out via Instagram story polls. It's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things to do. And I'm like, I wonder if I'm alone here. Um, So I put a post up and I said, just how many of you feel like you could use more money or orgasms, and 98% of people said yes. So I was like, all right. To money it- and orgasms,
2: or both? Money,
0: Well, how many, yeah. Do you feel yeah. like you could use more of money or and or orgasms, mm-hmm. right? And 98% of people said yes. So I was like, oh, this is interesting, and nobody's talking about it. Right. Nobody, I don't think, is really talking about the two together. And what I realized that they all come back to is actually freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what I think that that money and and when I say orgasms too I I almost mean like communion with your body sexual um I don't even think it's about like having more sex I think that it's about kind of the the freedom to ask for what you need the freedom to have pleasure um I don't think a lot of women are taught that pleasure is important I certainly wasn't um like, that's something that I've just realized in the last couple of years. It's kind of blown my mind. Like, oh, I deserve pleasure too. I'm not just this vehicle for other people's pleasure. Um, so I've started going down this rabbit hole of the Money, Sex, Freedom series, which I kicked off, I think, in May. Um, and I just, so as of the record, as of our recording date, so Tammy, my my Money, Sex, Freedom Confessions episode is going live in like 20 minutes. Um, Ooh, as excellent. I, so if y'all <laughs> are listening now, you'll be able to go back and get that. But um, that was really uncomfortable to like tell my podcast and, and thus the world that like, I don't have consistent orgasms, n- neither with my husband nor with myself. And I think that's a piece that actually is harder to reconcile and where the work really lies, that this isn't like, Tim's not giving me the good sex. Um, it's more that like, I don't know my body as well as I would like to. And I think Mm -hmm. as well as I deserve to. Um, and that is, that's kind of the place too. And how can I lean on him to give me pleasure if I can't even know what I want or ask for what I want for myself?
2: Right. Well, okay. Here's a, a question. Do you, do you use a vibrator?
0: You know, I have in the past, um, I have not consistently orgasmed through vibrators either. Okay. Um, I have had orgasms and, and there are certain, um, uh, perfect storms of positions and, or, uh, different techniques that will get me there. Um, mm-hmm. but I have not found the right vibrator yet and it's, they're expensive.
1: Okay. I'm going to give you some, some help here. Tell All me. Right. Yes. Hey Unruffled listeners, just popping in mid-show to remind you about our Patreon fundraising campaign. To date, we have produced almost two years worth of content and have over half a million downloads. We can hardly believe it.
2: If you like what you've been hearing and appreciate our weekly consistency, you can be a patron of this show for as little as a dollar an episode. To donate, please go to patreon.com backslash the Unruffled Podcast. Thank you for your continued support of the show. Now back to it. So um, I'll just do a little quick synopsis here of what you've just, or or, a riff on what you've just said. So for me, um, because of my behavior when I was drinking, I could only get up the nerve to uh, initiate sex when I was drunk.
0: Yeah.
2: And that's not something that I'm proud of or talked about, but I'm trying to release the shame from it. So I'm talking about it today with you.
0: Uh, Also me too. Okay. So (laughs) I don't think, and, and, you know, it's interesting. I think that there was a, um, one of the things I was really afraid of when I quit drinking was that I wouldn't be able to show up to my life uninhibited. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely one of those realms. And I think that had to do with like the boldness to initiate sex, but I think that it also had to do for me with like a certain level of relaxation. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that
0: I don't know that I've just recently been like, I wish I could smoke pot. I'm not going to smoke pot. But like, I feel like (laughs) a friend Mm. of mine, we were like texting about this orgasm thing. And she was like, are you relaxed? And I was like, no, absolutely not. Never. I don't know what that means.
2: (laughs) Right. Well, alcohol would do that for me. Yeah, It
0: kind of gave me this kind of um,
2: sexy alter ego that I could or what I thought was a sexy alter ego what I've learned was not so sexy um, in the end. Yeah. So, um, and probably for a really long time, if I'm being honest. And so I had a lot of shame around that when I stopped drinking. I realized the connection that I was only bold in the bedroom when I had had a, something to drink and it, it turned ugly and not sexy and not attractive, right? So in therapy, I had to, we had to talk about it and say, I said, I am so mortified. Oh, you know what? I've actually never told this either, Tiffany. I tell the story of how I stopped drinking and I'm going to go ahead and just tell the nitty gritty here because I, my doctor did help me stop drinking and put me on an elimination diet. But the truth of the matter is I stopped drinking when my husband told me the truth about how I behaved in the bedroom. So it was hard for him to do that. It was humiliating. Embarrassing. Um, That was the impetus for me when I went to the doctor to tell the truth because I was just tired. I was just so tired. I was just so exhausted of keeping, trying to keep everything afloat. And if he hadn't been brave enough to tell me that, because it was not easy for him to do, but if he had not told me that, I don't think I would have quit drinking. I was so mortified by my behavior that it, it, it was in the back of my mind when I went to the doctor that day. Wow. Wasn't the sole reason, but it was like the crack that once he said that I was like, I'm going to lose this man and I am going to lose my family. And I already have lost myself. So the sex part is really important to my story, but I I don't publicly share it out of respect for him. Mm -hmm. And um, so when I, um, when I, when we Came to this revelation in therapy. I said, "Let's just take it off the table for a while. Let's just take it off the table." Well, we took it off the table for a long time, and that's all I'll say about that part. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to still have an orgasm, <laughs> like nice. you're talking about. Um, but I didn't think I deserved one for a good long time. Mm-hmm. And I was at a um, a Laura and Holly workshop in San Francisco. Their "Never Not Broken" workshop. And after oh, yeah, that that's workshop, where we... that's where you were.
0: Yeah. That's right. Was that's that the first, first time we met in person?
2: That's the first time we met in person. We wow. sat next to each other.
0: I know. Hi. 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 <laughs> that's right. So after that workshop, Tiffany,
2: you should have come with me to dinner
0: because. <laughs> oh my God. I just remember being like a bowl of mushy mush after yeah. that workshop. Like I was just empty and I had to go home. My mom was watching the girls, but like I had to leave immediately and take Bart mm-hmm. back home to like make dinner for my, what, three-year-olds at that point. So um, probably I should have gone with you, <laughs> but in a whole
2: different story. Yeah. You would have got, went to go get some good food and then you would visit um, Good Vibrations um, with Sasha and Natalie and some other gals. And Sasha was like, okay, what do you need? What What do you think you need? I'm like, I have no idea. I'm so, I don't even want to be in here. I'm embarrassed to be in here. I'm embarrassed to tell you guys the things I've just told you and shared with you. And she was like, get over it. Okay, let's find something stylish. And so we went to this wall. We weren't in there long. Mm-hmm. And we looked at like a shelf. And I was like, I like this one. I like the design of it. I like the style of it. Mm-hmm. It was small. It was black. It was sleek. And it is called, I just looked it up for you
0: and for our listeners. Yay. The Lilo. L-E-L-O. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm familiar. I mean, I look at sex toys a lot. Oh. Um... I just am not, it's sort of like, I, I kind of want to find Mm -hmm. someone to sponsor the podcast. Just send me like a whole box. (laughs) So you can try them out. And I will be the (laughs) guinea pig. I love it. Forever. I Um, love it. Raise your hand and say yes.
2: Exactly. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Well, that little thing, uh, that little vibrator is, is, was, did the trick. Yeah. And right. For me for a while. Okay. Well, not for a while still. And it, it gave me that freedom like what you're talking about to experience pleasure and to um, satisfy myself yep. and not put the pressure on my husband. Mm-hmm. And I slowly got my groove back with knowing my body, knowing that I could experience pleasure and knowing that I didn't, I had enough time away from those bad memories of how I used to behave. And the thing for me, unfortunately for me um, and my husband, I don't remember a lot of the things that he remembers. Mm. I was a blackout drinker for a good couple of years before I quit drinking. So unfortunately I don't, I guess it's protecting me. I don't remember a lot of how I behaved. And so I get to rewrite a story a little bit about, I deserve pleasure now. I I don't need to punish myself anymore. I don't have to take it off the table for the rest of my life because I'm ashamed. And, um, you know, he's come around with a different story too. And he sees me differently than he used to see me, but it's taken a really long time. So how, how are you, um, how are you navigating talking about this? Like, is it embarrassing or are you finding, is it liberating? Is it
0: Uh, Tell me. I mean, I think one, it's, it's interesting. Um, (laughs) I'll tell you, like, I'm so glad we're doing this interview right now because that way I'm not like sitting, watching the clock, counting down to this episode going live where I'm like feeling all like a (laughs) vomit emoji. Uh Um, But you know, it's, it's been interesting because it is embarrassing. And I don't want to make myself wrong for feeling embarrassed about it. Mm-hmm. But I also know, Tammy, that like when I've started talking about it out loud, I've had so many women reach out to me and be like, thank you so much for shining a light on this. And, you know, we think that, for example, we think like, I can't make myself orgasm, therefore I'm a failure or deficient. And we ca- we can carry that around with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and. What I'm finding is that so, I mean, there are some people that are like, wait, what? You can't? Really? Um, But I would say that those people are very much in the minority. Mm -hmm. Um, And most people are like either saying, oh my God, me too. Thank you. Or they're saying, you know what? That's not like kind of what you said. Like, you're like, I've got my toy. That's not a problem for me. But this other thing is Mm -hmm. going on. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know... I think that it also, it's so interesting, Tammy. So when I finally talked to Tim about it, um, one, he was like, why didn't you ever tell me about this? Right? And we've been married for, I mean, we've been together for 12 years. Mm -hmm. Married for, we got married in 2012. So married for almost seven. So like his whole thing, and this was exactly what happened when I told him I wanted to quit drinking. Was that I made it this whole thing. I turned it in this big deal. I finally told him, I was like, I'm so nervous to tell you this. And he was like, you can tell me anything. Mm -hmm. that was his, his thing. And then when we had the conversation about the orgasms, he literally said the same thing, Tammy. Like he was like, Mm -hmm. why didn't you think you could talk to me about this? Like, I am the one person in this world that you can literally tell anything to. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Tammy, he was so sweet. He was like, if you need me to take the girls out more often so you can masturbate, I will. And I was like, started crying. I was like, oh my God, you're my prince. Um, He loves you. He (laughs) he does, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And I think that, um, we, it's so easy to forget that other people are on our side.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And to not, that they didn't take that personally. I, I, I mean, men are just different creatures, right? Like yeah. my, how I <laughs> feel about things and do things and talk it to death. My husband's like, what you you actually have been thinking about that for seven days.
0: What? Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think, I think for him, the fact that like I couldn't masturbate, and bring myself to orgasm. I think for most men is like wait, what? Mm-hmm. Because I think for men, right? Like men's pleasure is not a taboo conversation. I think that mm-hmm. when men are young, right? I mean like when they're teenagers or even preteens, I don't know when it starts, but like they spend a lot of time alone in their room with the door closed and like everyone mm-hmm. knows what's going on and nobody is making them feel shame. Nobody's telling them to sleep with their hands on top of the covers. Like nobody is, is, is talking to them in a way that they feel bad about it. But I think that for young girls and the way that we are raised is that like, there is no conversation around pleasure. And so of course women don't know what it means for pleasure. And I see it a lot in terms of women who are caretakers or who have some some high value of service and they will say like, I give and give and give and give and give. When is it going to be my turn? And so Mm -hmm. that's also happening in the realm of sex. I think it's also happening with money, right? I think it's also happening in what do we deserve? What is our worth? How do we value ourselves? Um, Are we... Uh, eligible for pleasure, even if we've made mistakes in our lives. Mm. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. We can do a number on ourselves and society does a number as well. But I, I know that that kind of reclaiming of the self uh, for me, especially in recovery and sobriety, when I stop drinking, like all I'm doing is reclaiming every day. Yeah. Keeps building and building. Yeah. And so the fact that you can talk about this now and the fact that I just talked about this now was like, it was a beautiful invitation to have this conversation with you. And um, I like that you're having it out loud, Tiffany. And I thank you for that because (laughs) I'm tuning in when I get off the call with you. I'm tuning into your podcast. Um, And I think that's, I think a lot of women listening are probably going to be like, yes, I need to, I want to hear that conversation too.
0: And it's interesting too, right? Because my brain goes in either one of two directions because I think in extremes, either like, oh my God, this is going to be the end of it. I can't believe I'm doing this. Or maybe I'm making a massive deal out of this and it's not a big deal at all. And people are going to be like the uh, others, that other piece of like, Mm -hmm. there are real problems on this planet and me not being able to have an orgasm or like not knowing what sex toy to buy is not a quote unquote real problem. Right. Um, And I also acknowledge that in the podcast too is like, you know, I think sometimes like there's that conversation that goes on and and I don't think that the world being, uh, there being issues in the world precludes us from living the life that we want to live. And I actually think that like we can be of greater value to the world if we are relaxed, if we find Mm -hmm. pleasure, if we feel valuable if we feel confident. Um, I interviewed Mara Glatzel uh, for the series. So Mara is a coach and she has a podcast called Needy and she is amazing. And she was saying she's all about self-care, but like not in that cheese ball way. Um, and, And she was saying, isn't it interesting how we give ourselves anything last because we think that the world is so dependent on us. And yet, ironically, we also don't think that we're worth anything. We don't think that we have any value. Mm-hmm. So we're we're acting as if we have all the value. But then when we look at ourselves, we treat ourselves like we're nothing. And it can't – can it be both? I don't think it can, right? And so that – for her to, to put it out there like that, I mean – I re-listened to the conversation I had with her for my podcast and just sobbed because mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I didn't know that I needed this conversation.
2: Yeah. I so was bad. listening to that episode last night while I was working in my studio and I only listened to the first, the beginning of it. Um, I think I only got about 20 minutes in, but it's, it's episode, I mean, I'm looking at it right now so our listeners can, um, it's episode 249 and um, Mara Glatzel and her yeah. podcast is called Needy, N-E-E-D-Y. Um, Yeah, I love uh, you're such a great resource to me, Tiffany, about all of these things, Mm -hmm. you know, and what you're talking about and how you're um, making it accessible for other women and and giving them permission uh, to talk about these things, too. Yeah, and that's the work. So I was very um, well, real quick before I go there, I just thank you. And thanks for for that episode today. I know it's very probably
0: feeling very vulnerable for you to have that out in the world, right? Yeah, it's my little like baby, newborn baby bird. It's like, <laughs> but but you know, I will also say that like we we often in in our world, in the world that we live in, Tammy, people want to be more confident and they wanna live bravely and they wanna raise their hand and say yes and they want to show up in the world and maybe tell their truths out loud the way that you and I are. And and you did something really vulnerable just now, like in real time, everybody heard you telling that truth, Tammy, and and one I wanna point out that you and I have survived, mm. like we're still here, right? So, yeah. so it didn't end us. Um, But that also, a lot of times those moments of bravery then kind of create this snowball effect where then later on you realize like, oh, I'm showing up to my life bravely. And so for me, it was about these really kind of small moments. Like it started with posting money and orgasms on Instagram. And then I did the poll and then I started asking some some questions and then I – thought about it and I simmered on it and I let like kind of waited to see what would happen. And then I had another conversation and then I started the series and then I talked to him. So it's not about like, I think that we show up to our life. And I think that this is kind of that rom-com version that we're sold of like, you do the one brave, scary thing. And then all of a sudden your life changes. Um, but it's really about what happens through the accumulation of Individual brave moves that in the moment feel completely terrifying. Well,
2: it's all about it being a process and not an event. Yeah,
0: totally. Right? Because mm-hmm. you didn't just have
2: this event that you're having this podcast that's coming out today. Or you, there was a the process that you just laid out. Yeah. Um, I'm sitting here with a notebook open to January 11th of this year. And it's when you hosted a, a, a Q2, um, a quarter to co working session mm-hmm. for our inner circle group, which yeah. we're going to talk about next. Um, But my notes on it here, and sometimes I have cryptic notes and I'll go back and go like, what did I, why did I write that down? But what I have it in quotation marks, sex is divine life force. Mm -hmm. And um, I have a quote from Lacey Young, that is your only job is to have the highest vibration in the room. Yeah. And I bring that up because of the vibrator top. <laughs> <laughs> Your only job, Tiffany, is to have the highest vibration in the room. I'm just gonna, I'm maybe,
0: gonna maybe I'll Lacey's go, gonna
2: know. be like, why'd she do that? Why'd she take my words and make them dirty?
0: No, oh no, Lacey would be all Lacey would be all for that. I'm teasing, like I'm Yeah, she would be all about that. And um
2: But it's divine life force when you look at it that way, sex, orgasms, um just, yeah, it is a divine life
0: force. And, and I want that for you. Thank you. Me too. Well, and you know, it's so interesting too, when you think about energetically with, with something like orgasms, um, me having an orgasm doesn't take anything away from anybody else. Mm -mm. And that's one of the things that I love about it is like, it's, it's the potential for it is within me and it only gives energy, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's not that if I have an orgasm, that means that somebody on this planet does it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, man, Tammy, seriously, I'm going to learn to come and then I'm going to, then I want like my next hundred day project to be, I mean, I'm going to do two, right. I'm going to do the hundred, hundred things I need to tattoo on my face. Um, <laughs> I love it. And then I want to do, I really want to do like a hundred days of orgasms to see like what, what happens when you really prioritize your pleasure. Um, Oh, I love that. I can't wait. I'm not there yet. Right.
1: (laughs) But again, if there is like a sex
0: toy company that's listening and they want to sponsor my journey, (laughs) I'm sure there is. I'm sure they listen to our podcast all the
2: time. (laughs) But this is about getting creative with your life. This is about creating. Our podcast is this intersection of recovery and creativity, and you got to get creative with your sex life too, and with um, owning your power and feeling you know alive in your body. It's why we stop drinking, and when we stop drinking, we can feel more things, and feeling more vulnerable is one of them as well. And that's okay. And like to do that safely, I knew I could do that with you. I obviously you knew you could do that with me and, you know, meeting our listeners last week and, um, just, it was so, it was great to connect with people in real life with women, with sober women and to go, Oh, that's what they want to talk about. That's what they want to hear about. Okay. Well, you know, me and Sandra haven't even talked about this. Um, so, you're we're just busting it open here on wow. this uh, co-host episode. It.
0: Well, and I think it actually is really important to create containers of safety. Mm-hmm. Um and it's funny cuz Tim and I've been t- Tim and I have been talking about, well, I have been talking. Tim just sort of listens, but I have been <laughs> saying, I have a friend who thinks that we need to watch porn and she has suggested to me a, some like uh female driven produced, um, porn that centers mm-hmm. on female pleasure. That is not, you know, what like a lot of porn is. And so I keep bringing it up to him being like, do you want to watch porn with me? And he's like, sure. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. I can't. <laughs> 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 like, what are you talking about. Like we're grown-ups, right? right. So, um, and so, but, but I think creating containers of safety. So some of y'all might be listening to this and being like, whoa, I want to have some of these conversations, but maybe you don't have it with people who, like, find the right people to, to start dripping out those conversations with, because you, you, you want to kind of, you survive it within this really safe space, and then you start to realize, oh, and now I can talk about it another way out loud. And then I can talk about it some more out loud. And then I can talk about it some more out loud, but it's not just yeah. shouting it to the, to the world through the rooftops. Um, you know, and also like, I'm going to put it on Instagram today. Who knows what people, I don't know. Who yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> and I shouldn't say that I never talked to Sandra. Sandra and I talk about this all the time privately. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, yeah. She's just been, um, out of respect for, um, for me, I, I haven't, you know, we haven't pushed that envelope. Yeah. And, um,
0: last night when, after I talked to Steve, I was like, I think I'm ready to talk about it a little bit. So yeah, and is, isn't it interesting too, Tammy, how there are plenty of other things that you will readily and willingly talk about. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. this is the one, right? And, and I think that we all, whether it's, and this is something else I keep saying in my money, sex, freedom series on the podcast, like whether our thing is the money or the sex or the freedom or the work or the art or the whatever, or the sobriety or the job or the relationship with our mothers or whatever, like we all have something mm-hmm. that right now we're carrying around that is ready to come out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. That was good. Yeah. I feel, I feel, uh, look at us. (laughs) Okay. So I could talk to you for hours. I know I want to respect your time too, but I want to talk about this inner circle work because, uh, your year long coaching program, I'm in my second year of coaching with you. You have transformed my, uh, life. You've helped Mm -hmm. me to transform it. And I get comments from people. I I held two workshops at my house this weekend. And on both days, I had women here that are in your inner circle that just signed up for the spring and, um, to hear them, they they were like, I just saw what you, I saw what you were doing. And I just saw. and when you kept saying you were working with Tiffany, huh? she was like, I just saw, and I thought Tammy's doing it. I've been following you for a while, Tammy. I'm like, yeah, it's from my work with you, Tiffany. It's the creative confidence. That little car ride I took with you after we went to a party in the city—the first time we went to go to that 100-day project um, party—you talked to me. You are just talking to me like a friend on the way home. And after I got out of the car and was driving home, I thought, what I just learned in that car ride, I, I, I was invaluable to me. And I thought, I need to sign up, and I need to work with—I need to work with her. Oh, so I thank
1: love that. you. Thank you. Thank you. Can
2: you tell our listeners a little bit about what the inner circle is?
0: Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: So that they, if they're interested, I know
0: you. I know you're going to be launching it again. Yeah. So and also, Tammy, feel free to pipe in if I'm. Yeah. I'm always. I'm always. My my thing about the inner circle is that it's a really really hard. It is and it isn't hard to describe because. Mm-hmm. The program itself is centered around learning how to execute on a creative project, um, but without living on the brink of burnout. Mm -hmm. Um, And the thing is, right, everyone's like, well, what's it going to teach me how to do? And, And it's like, well, it might teach you how to grow your business or it might teach you how to um, thrive in recovery, or it might teach you how to start asking for what you want or write a book, but it might also just teach you how to like meditate every day, um, or how to follow through on those things that, you know, you want to do. Um, and I take people through a process of like, how do we learn how to take stock of where we are, learn how to recognize what we want, um, and then learn how to go get it. And, and, Trust ourselves in the process, right? That I'm not interested in teaching you a formula. I'm interested in helping you create your own formula um, of success for yourself and then also create the support and the accountability to to help you keep going because it's going to get hard and it's going to get scary and you're going to get stuck. And so, um, what you get is this community of women who are also doing it, but you also get me as a mentor and a coach. Alongside you through the year, where I'm teaching you things. There's a curriculum, but then also, you know, there's space to just show up and be like, "Hey, what's working? What's not working? Where do you feel stuck?"
2: Yeah, and I think the thing for me that that hooked me right away, Tiffany, that I can say that maybe if other people are interested, your transparency, your level of transparency about um how you do your job how you create your classes um you sh- even shared i remember in the beginning i don't know if it's still there but um i looked at it at the first year and it was like um here's how i launched this program here's how much money i made from this program mm-hmm. here's how i did it and when you showed me that breakdown i was like i'm her student for life because you nobody else really talks about that or i haven't taken any classes i'm interested in hearing how to do something and your Q and a sessions are just super important because you can ask any question or I can ask any question and you give me an answer, a resource, someone else will pipe in, you know what I mean? And put their comment in the chat or add to it or do it in the mighty networks where you have your community. Like there is, I know that I can go and ask a business, a creative question. Uh, I mean, you've helped me with just, newsletter was huge yeah. in the beginning, like create a freaking newsletter and put <laughs> your picture on your about page is what you told me. Yeah. Like, just doing yeah. those two things right there. that was mm-hmm. huge. So yeah, I just, um, base level at the beginning, I was, I was realizing that how I was not by not having a picture on my about page that said a lot about how I was working. Mm-hmm. I was hiding yeah. still. Yeah. Even though I thought I wasn't. And so you could come with any project, nobody has the same project that's coming to you. We're all working on very different things, but you coach us in a way that supports all of us. When you coach one person, you're coaching all people.
0: Yeah. And part of it is being in the room where the conversations are being had. Right. Mm -hmm. And so part, part of my goal is, you know, they say in creativity, create the thing you wish existed. And, and I, I did it with my podcast. Um, and I've done it with this where I'm like, I want to create this room where people are having real conversations where, yeah, I might be telling you, Tammy, put your face on your about page and start sending a newsletter. And that is useful and important for your business and for what you want to create. But the deeper thing is, Hey, Tammy, why aren't you going to let yourself be seen? What would that mean to you? What would that bring about? And I think that those are the conversations that every time we, we have a conversation about even something kind of technically businessy that I'm like, yeah, but what else is going on here? Mm -hmm. Um, because there's layers. Yeah, totally. Yep.
2: Well, when I was, it was great because when I was doing these live workshops at my house over two days, I kept saying, Tiffany Hahn is going to be so proud of me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, she's going to be so proud of me when I tell her what I did and what I asked for feedback and, um, how I worked through it. And when I was, when I share what you teach me often, I'm, I'm chatting with my friend Natalie and I'll share, you know, when she's working on something for her business or, and, I, and I'll say, and I'll give some advice. And I said, well, that wasn't from me. That was from Tiffany Hahn. And so sometimes I'll give her advice and she say, are you haunting me right now? Oh
0: my God. I love it. <laughs>
2: like, I think I am. I think I am haunting you right now. Um so yes, you've become a verb and thank you. Um, and uh you've been very helpful. And I the um the women that were surrounded that were around my table that are taking your your inner circle it's really beautiful because I can see they're at the very beginning of their journey too, of being seen and trying to create mm-hmm. something that they want to put out into the world. And I'm like, you're in good hands, ladies. Like you are in such good hands.
0: I love it. Well, Tammy, you are such a, such um, an advocate for me and my work in the program. And it means so much because, you know, I love creating the space and, and making things. And, and I also really like that it works because I don't, I don't want it to just be come hang out, but we'll see if anything happens. Right. That I'm, I'm all about helping people ideally get results and get the results that maybe not that they necessarily, right. It's interesting to where people come in and they're like, Oh, I thought I needed something different, but to really get the results that they need. Well, it's again, it's
2: like sobriety. You can stop drinking. But if you don't do any work around that, mm-hmm. you, you're just gonna stop drinking. Yeah. So for, for creative life, if you're gonna hire a coach or you're gonna be in a program, it's great. But if you're not gonna do any of the work surrounding that, then you're not gonna get out of it what exactly. you hope for. Mm-hmm. So you have to, you definitely have to dig in and do the work. Yeah. And um, yeah, I've I just love it every month and all of your lessons. And since I this is my second year, I've taken your class before. But just like anything, I'm getting all kinds of new stuff coming up. I didn't understand about Fibonacci really that whole first year, Tiffany, even though you taught it, I took notes, you know, but Fibonacci, the Fibonacci sequence didn't really, um, the unfurling uh, and process did not click for me until this year. Yeah. And then once it did, I, it's like I could apply it to what I was doing mm-hmm. and create the things that I'm creating now. And all of that was from, from um, inner circle teaching. So.
0: Yeah. It's, I love that. I love that so much. And and I think too, that we get, we get different things out of any experience whenever we show up to it, because we are evolving and growing. And so much of life that we live is, is a cyclical process, right? That we're never, it's all process. Like you, you like to say, Timmy, we're never there. And mm-hmm. so um, that, that it's that whole spiral staircase thing that I'm going to keep going and it feels like I'm kind of in the same place, but I'm still moving up the staircase. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. if people want to learn about the Fibonacci sequence,
2: we're not going to give it away here. You have to sign yep. up for the inner circle and you have to learn that from Tiffany. <laughs> yes.
0: And, and just so everyone knows there's uh, early bird application. So it is by application there are only 150 spots. So it's not this massive group where you get lost. And, um, I answer every question I am in it, uh, with you and early bird applications are opening up in July. So this month, um, and Tammy, will have a link in the show notes if anybody wants to, they're not going to open publicly. So it's only through the secret list, but, Mm. um, if you're interested, uh, then get in, get on that list. And then you'll get first dibs. Yeah. I'm writing myself a note. So don't forget to do that in the show notes. Uh, okay. Gosh,
2: we should probably wrap this up, I guess. I
0: could talk to you forever. Mm -hmm. I know.
2: Same here. Same here. Um, yes when this airs this is going to be airing on Monday July 1st of 2019 so they have time to get on that list yes and, and learn about the the next incarnation the next group for the yes individual. yeah
0: it's going to start in October um so I'll do a public round of applications in September but for the early bird I like to let people who know that they want in kind of snag their spot you also mm-hmm. will get Um, extended payment plan and immediate access to the bonuses. So it's just kind of a nice, it's a nice thing for people who know that they're in to just kind of get in and not have to worry about running out of spots. Are you doing your awesome boxes that you send out? always. It's so fun to get mail
2: from Tiffany Hahn. I will just tell you that (laughs) right now. Yes. It's so fun. And then, yes. And it's so smart too, because, uh, just talking about the business of things, I mean, people share that. Yeah. And then that's also sharing, um, the work that you're doing and other, you can turn other people onto it or seeing, you know,
0: if they want what you have what I have. And I, I like creating an experience for people. Right. And I want, I think so many of us just want to be seen. Um, I want to feel connected to something. And for me, right, I am a paper person looking at my desk right now and it's just like, oh my God, (laughs) there's paper everywhere. Um, And so I like to, I like to give people tangible reminders. I know Tammy, you're like a reminder person too, right? Mm -hmm. So I think anything that I can do to make it easier to stay connected. um, Yeah. I do. Yeah.
2: Um, well, this is the part of the show we're gonna share three things in your unruffled toolbox uh, for our listeners. so this could be creative creativity related or sobriety related. Um, what three things do you have that
0: might help our listeners this week? yeah um so the first thing, and these are these are not super specific but but I think that um that's okay because I think we I've noticed that they change for me in a lot of ways. So the first one is what I call like getting to church. Um, and what I mean by that is I don't actually go to church in terms of like going to a physical building, but I often, whenever I'm feeling disconnected with myself, I think what does it mean for me to get to church? And so sometimes it's listening to like the last time I was on, I mentioned the on being podcast or Rob Bell or reading some sort of a spiritual text. But, but for me, I try to get myself to church at least once a day if I can,
1: Mm.
0: um, so that would be number one. And I would also be curious from everybody, like what's your version of that? I,
2: Tiffany, you're so cute.
0: <laughs> I don't mean that condescendingly. I love you.
2: That is conscious contact with God. Is that, that is, an AA thing? That is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, my sponsor asked me to make conscious contact with God every day. And that is it. What you just said is another beautiful way to say it that is not in God speak. But yeah, get yourself to church, whatever that means for you. So for that's, everyone, that's listening. what it means in AA too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Tammy <But> <laughs> <Timmy> always <laughs> likes to point out to me that I am working through the steps, but just like in my own <laughs> Tiffany. Hallway.
2: Yeah, you are. Okay. There you go. There's another one. All right. Yes. Um, I like that. That's, I'm going to use that with my sponsees though, because sometimes that that's better. Get yourself to church every day. Like whatever
0: that looks like. Yeah. 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 Um, so my second one is, and Tammy and I do this, is like what I call walk and talks, um, which okay. is where I will take walks uh, outside. And and that for me is one way that I get myself to church. Um, I live in a really beautiful place and I'll take walks outside, but then call people on the phone or schedule calls for when I want to take a walk. Um, And I find that it's a really beautiful way to like be out in nature, but also to have connection with people. Um, And it makes me healthier, which is great. Yeah. And you carve out that little bit of time. I love it when you call. Yeah. I'm always, I'm
2: like, it's usually for me, I've noticed it's been around like Five ish, six ish, dinner time ish. And I was like, I'm not doing dinner until later, but I notice it's around that time. And, and when I see you call, I'm like running for my phone. I'm like, oh, she's on
0: one of her walks. Okay, I gotta get that. Exactly. She's walking, the <laughs> walking the dog. I wanna get this call. Exactly. And it's <laughs> funny because typically I don't, like, my ringer on my phone is literally always turned off. Mine do. Um, and so I'm not a big phone person, but it's, it's been a really, really great way to have connection with people, but also get moving. Um, yeah. And my third is I really like reading memoirs hmm. um, and I read a lot. I'm a big book person um, and I've been, I read a lot of like self-help kind of books and, and spiritual teachings and things like that. But I find that um, memoirs to me, I really, really like reading about other people's experiences of walking through their lives and walking through the world. So that would be my third one. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Tiffany Hahn. Thank you, Tammy. You're the best.
1: I, I love, love you. it.
2: Our first, our first co-host
0: episode, I think it
2: went off with a bang Woo! and uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't wait. And good luck with everything that you're working on in your new series and your new inner circle group. They're going to be so lucky to have you.
0: Thank you. And I will let, I'll let you know if the Lilo works for me. Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, let's tell people how they can find you. Oh yeah. So if you like what you hear, then I have a podcast that also comes out weekly. Um, my archives go deep and Tammy has been on. So that one you can find me wherever you're listening to this. Um, just search "raise your hand say yes" or Tiffany Hahn, and that's Han, and then spelled H A N. You can also find me. I'm on Instagram, is where I spend most of my time. I'm over there at the Tiffany Han, and uh, my website is tiffanyhan.com.: dot
2: Oh, I, great!
0: Yes, check her out. You guys will not be disappointed. And go, um,
1: go enjoy the day, Tiffany. I'll talk Yay.
0: to you later. Thanks, Sammy. Okay,
1: bye. bye.
2: The Unruffled podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers, Chris
1: Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.